Grace, peace, and God's mercy be with you on this third Sunday after Pentecost. Amen. Around seven or eight years old, I remember having a delicious breakfast of scrambled eggs at the house of one of our good family friends in La Mirada, California. It was so good that every time I spent the night at the Yabara's house, I would ask for these scrambled eggs in the morning. One day when we were over there, I asked my mom about a, a cactus the Yabaras had growing in their backyard. My mom told me, oh yeah, Virginia cuts a piece of that off and cooks it with the scrambled eggs you like, like so much, along with cow's brains. It would have been better if my mom had not told me what was in those scrambled eggs I like so much. Ignorance is bliss, as the saying goes. And I'll bet for every one of you, there was something you liked to eat until you found out what was in it. And you know, when you're a church member, ignorance is bliss is a thing as well. And I'm not talking about my famous beans or anything at the potluck. I'm talking about this baby right here, the church constitution and bylaws. Every one of you should have a copy of this, by the way, right? In fact, let's review for just a minute four things you should have in your home. It goes without saying you should have a Bible in your house, right? You should have one of these, a Bible. Next, you should have one of these, Book of Concord, not Concord grape jelly, but the Concord, the Book of Concord, right? The, the Lutheran Confessions. Are, are you aware that we are all supposed to be in unity and harmony with everything, about everything that is written in there, in here? Do you, are you aware of that? Yeah, I mean, these are, I took an oath on this book that I would uphold these confessions. You don't have to do that uh, as much. And so, not as many of you have a book of Concord at home, but at the very least, you should have Luther's small catechism, which is contained in the book of Concord. And then you should all have one of these, church directory, right? So that you know who everyone is, so that you can call people or pray for them or learn, you know, who's in your church. And finally, you should have the church constitution and bylaws. Just don't read it. Why? Because <laughs> ignorance is bliss. Check out this paragraph right here. A5.3.1, duties of privilege and membership. Members of the congregation shall conform their entire lives to the authority of God's word. Accept the confessional standards of Article 3.0 of this, of this Constitution, and if you go back to 3.0, it's the Lutheran Confessions. Lead a Christian lifestyle and abstain from the works of the flesh. Attend divine services faithfully. Partake of the Lord's Supper frequently following instruction. Study God's Word regularly with fellow believers. Contribute gratefully and proportionately as God has prospered them for the building of God's kingdom in the congregation and throughout the world. Devote their time, talents, and spiritual gifts to the extension of the kingdom of God. 
humbly submit themselves to the decisions of the congregation, provided such decisions are not contrary to God's Word, permit themselves to be fraternally admonished and corrected when in error, not join, affiliate, or support any secret society or organization which conflicts with the Word of God. That would include the Elks Club and the Masons, and not hold membership in another congregation. Oh, man. Probably wishing I hadn't read this. We ought to use this as our confession next Sunday. At any rate, it would be better if we didn't know this. We just want a nice little church to come to on Sunday or watch on TV. Don't tell me what's in the pudding. Church is a much nicer, beautiful thing if I don't know what makes it a great thing, such as standards of behavior, submission to God's word and authority, contribution, commitment, devotion, discipline, and all these things. But you know, sometimes not knowing what makes a thing great enhances its beauty. Take, for instance, the growing seed Jesus talks about in his parable. Ignorance is bliss for this seed in this parable. The seed is the kingdom of God, and it's scattered over the whole earth. Notice, though, that this parable is a little different than that other seed parable we know, uh, which has different kinds of soil and such. I'm not going to get into that one. This parable, let's just focus on this one, doesn't talk about the different kinds of soil, only that the seed is sown in every place across the world. Then the man who scattered the seed goes about his business night and day, and the seed grows without his knowing, without his knowing how. Now, the Greek term and the earliest manuscripts of Mark indicate that the seed sprouts automatically. No intervention is required from the man who scattered the seed. The earth produces, growth happens, and it's good. But the man doesn't know how. Only that in time, a plentiful harvest will come. So what do we make of all this? Well, we can gather from Jesus' teaching here that when it comes to His kingdom, we don't know exactly how it all works. We don't know exactly why some people come to faith and others don't or never do. We don't know exactly why the church seems to expand and contract over the generations, you know, member-wise. We don't know why the Bible talks about this wonderful harvest, you know, people being saved and added to the faithful in droves like a, a, harvest, like a large harvest of wheat and grain, yet we don't seem to see that happening in the church. And that's more on us because we're not content with something working apart from our own intervention. You know, we want to be the ones who make things happen. And when it comes to the kingdom of God, we want to be the ones to explain growth or decline and show what steps we've taken to address it, such as church programs to keep people engaged and, and bring more in and ministries and other activities we pin our hopes on that people will want to join us, things like that. Well, you know, all these are indicators 
symptoms, if you will, that we assume something is missing. If we figure out just what it is that needs to be done, you know, things might improve for the church and the kingdom. But Jesus is showing us here in this parable that we try to insert ourselves into, the, into a process we have no business knowing about since it's beyond our control and understanding. See, he accomplishes things in a far more different way than we would ever come, with, come up with and like. The scrambled eggs were far better when I was ignorant as to how they were made. In the same way, the kingdom of God is a beautiful gift when we submit ourselves to the reality that the Lord God causes it to grow into a glorious harvest. You know, we have such a, a short-term view of things, but God's acts are according to His timetable and His outlook. And Jesus highlights that beauty in this parable. It's a parable like no other. It's succinct and to the point. The point is, it's not up to us, but Him. But we're not exactly done yet. That's not all there is to say about this because we prideful people still ask, well, if it's not up to us then, then what should we do? You know, is there anything then for us to do when it comes to the kingdom of God? You know, what about my daughter or her husband and their kids who don't go to church and don't seem to care? You know, am I just supposed to leave it all up to God? Am I supposed to say anything or do anything? Well, if it were up to us to accomplish faith in others, surely in the last 2,000 years, Christians would have figured out the answer and on how to do that. But see, the answer remains in this parable. The man sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. While he's asleep, like the man, we go about our day-to-day -day activity as children of God in the various vocations he gives to us, whether it's being a full-time professional, retired, a student, cleaning up the dishes, taking out the trash, changing a diaper, if that's what God has given you the task of doing at that time. Love and compassion received from God is love and compassion given to others at those moments in our homes, schools, and workplaces. We are people called into our baptism or called into baptism into Jesus' death and resurrection, formed by His grace and forgiveness, shaped by His mercy demonstrated on the cross for us. And no doubt we pray for people who have no faith or appear to have no faith on the outside as if they don't care about their eternal future. Sure, we pray for them and talk with them. At the end of the day, though, the harvest will come only when the grain is ripe and when God has given growth to His kingdom as He desires. We'll be tempted along the way to try and help by our own effort, ever wringing our hands over results we cannot see. But just as you and I cannot see a flower bloom, or uh, cannot, we, we cannot force a flower to bloom with any kind of command or, you know, manipulation of the, of the plant, we don't know what 
always makes the scrambled eggs so good, you know? In time, the kingdoms of God's beauty and goodness will be revealed and we will be far more joyous about it than we could ever have imagined. So rather than stress about being a perfect church in accordance with the high demands (laughs) of this Constitution, not to mention the Ten Commandments for which these articles are undergirded with, and rather than stress out over someone else's salvation or church growth or perceived lack of it, Ignorance is bliss (laughs) for the good news of Jesus Christ's death and resurrection, for the forgiveness of your sin and mine, and the gift of everlasting life. He will grant change of heart from our old ways to His new way, and He will prune the vine and make it grow back in His time and in His way. In the meantime, each one of us lives a faithful life life of patience. I mean, take a look at the, the Pentecost Fruits of the Spirit banners on your way out, right? Patience night and day as children of God, leaning on His perfect wisdom and timing for all things and submitting to His will as He submits Himself to the church. He died for us and rose again that we may have forgiveness and life and have it abundantly. Amen.